You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends. How are you guys doing today? I hope that you are doing wonderful, and I hope that you are having an amazing week so far. I hope everything is going smooth in your neck of the woods, and it sure is over here. We're kind of just plugging along and going to the t-ball practices and games, and we got a new bath chair for Leo. Uh, My back went out last week, or this week, I don't know, this past weekend. (laughs) So this bath chair literally came at like the best time because it raises up. So, you know, it reduces the amount of up and down like bending that we have to do in order to get him out of the tub. So I'm super excited about that. (laughs) If you've been, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw the, uh, in my stories, I shared what bath chair we were picking up and everything. It is the manatee. And we actually got a shower base for it. So this is what lifts it up um, out of the tub. I have seen online that they do have one that is on wheels as well. So if you have like a roll-in shower situation, that would be so ideal. We do not have a roll-in shower. We just have a tub, um, you know, with a shower, of course, with a shower attachment. So yeah, it worked out perfect for us. We used it for the first time and I love it so far. So, you know, I love new equipment. It's always bittersweet, right, to get new equipment because it's like a good, not good, but it's like a solid reminder of the life that we live, right? Like it's not normal to get a bath chair for your almost seven-year-old child. Like that is not a normal thing to do. It's not a normal experience, Um, but it's something that I did. And I'm excited about it because it's going to make our life easier I love his splashy bath chair. It is really cute, and I think it has a lot of purpose to it, but we have outgrown it in a lot of ways. Um, More so us than Leo outgrowing it. He physically fits it, but my body is just not able to get him in and out of that thing (laughs) anymore, you know? Um, He almost weighs half of what I weigh at this point. Oh my gosh, not quite, but we're getting there. So it's hard, right? And it's bittersweet because new equipment means that time is progressing. New equipment means new challenges that we know raising a child with disabilities brings, right? And I'm sure you guys can kind of relate to that if you're a special needs parent, that it's just kind of a a solid reminder that things are going to get trickier and trickier as we go on and we'll have to find new solutions for each new thing and you know i think it's okay to be sad about those things i think it's okay to let that heaviness be there i think it's okay to say you know what i'm sad that my child needs a bath chair i'm sad that he is getting bigger and it is getting harder for me to physically take care of him I think it's okay to just allow that. So that's kind of the space I've been in this past week is just in allowing that sadness there, but also excited for our new bath chair. (laughs) So, you know, we're not always just one emotion. I would say all the time, actually. You're never just one emotion, right? You usually are like, I'm sad and a little bit excited about this thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, but today what I want to talk to you guys about, I want to give you guys some very practical, very hands-on kind of concrete ways that you can help yourselves in just your day-to-day life. I wanted to give you something very practical tool in this episode. It's been a while since I've done one of these where it's been just like very, like literally, I'm going to add the link to this page that I have created, this guide, and you can go create this exact same thing. I'm going to add it to the show notes of this podcast. So it's very practical. You can fill in the blanks and you can use it in your own day-to-day life. So that is kind of my hope for you. Like I said, the link will be in the show notes, but let's dive in. What is this practical tool that I'm just like mysteriously hinting at? First off, let's back up. So, you know, as special needs parents, we have all of those normal life stressors uh, that normal parents have, right? We have the stress from work and bills and busy schedules, all of those things. But we also have the specific stressors that come with the nature of just caring for a child with disabilities or a child with high needs, like getting a bath chair or having to lift up a 50-pound child in and out of a tub. Do you know how slippery a wet 50-pound child is? It's hard. It is very difficult. That is a lot of stress. (laughs) And I talk a lot about stress on this podcast. It's kind of our theme, right? Getting out of survival mode, making the most out of our lives, And today, I want to share with you something that I have just, it's something I have started implementing in my own life. I've been testing it out. I've been like the beta tester before I shared it with you guys, and I found it really helpful. So it's something I was like, you know what, I'm going to pass this along. It was not my intention to pass it along. But I was like, you know what, I think this could really help the moms that listen to my podcast, the moms that follow me, the moms that are in Overcome the Overwhelm. So yeah, it is it's something I like to call, it's the Surviving to Thriving Guide. That is what I've been calling this in my head. And I think it's so funny because, you know, get out of survival mode. We want to thrive. Thriving is the opposite of surviving. <laughs> Somewhere in between there is just coping. And that's not really fun either. We want to be thriving. We want to be happy and joyous and have a peaceful life and feel balanced and feel in control that is thriving and this is this guide that i've created it's quick and easy and it will help you i'm the form i'm going to give you guys the link to it it's going to help you create your own personalized plan on getting out of survival mode and go past that coping stage and into the thriving stage as a special need mom or even just as a as a mom or even as just a parent or a person this is not mom specific cuz i know i have a lot of non mom people listening here and i see you guys this one's for you too <laughs> and the key to this plan are you guys ready for the key to it it is simplicity Because if it is some big, elaborate thing, this big, elaborate plan of what you're going to do to take care of yourself, then guess what? You're not going to do it. You're not going to. Or else you've already been doing it. No. So 
in my plan, what I've been doing in my own life and what I've kind of set up for you guys is keeping it very simple. And the first part of the plan that you can create is the first step is gauging where you are at. And you can do this on a daily level. You can do this on a weekly level. You can do this on a monthly level. I would suggest doing it probably on a daily level because it literally changes day to day. Our stress changes day to day. Our hormones change day to day. That affects our stress, right? And so many different factors go into that. You know, but are you in survival mode? You know, Are you experiencing quite a few of these warning signs or are you feeling pretty good? Where are you at? And first, let's talk about where, like, what are the warning signs? Because maybe you're jumping in, this is the first episode you're listening to. So what are those warning signs that you are experiencing high levels of stress that need to be taken care of? And this could be things like mental and physical exhaustion. It could be using food or alcohol to comfort yourself. It could be feeling numb or kind of distanced in life. You could find yourself more moody or irritable, angry or resentful. You could even have physical symptoms like headaches or stomach aches. Did you guys know that? That stress can literally cause you to have physical pains. And experiencing any of these symptoms, none of them feel good right? None of them feel good. But in addition to not feeling good, whenever we're in that state, whenever we're experiencing those symptoms, it impacts how we show up in the world. Like if you're exhausted physically, let's just take physically. It is really difficult to play with your child. It is really difficult to organize all the medical supplies and to orchestrate the different things that need to happen for medical care appointments and prescriptions and insurance prior prior authorizations, everything like that is very difficult to do whenever you're physically and mentally exhausted. And whenever you have high levels of untreated stress, stress that you have not managed, it makes it so hard to think and plan efficiently because your brain is literally not able to do it. Did you know that? You might have a harder time getting things done and whenever you don't get those things done, that adds even more stress to your life. So if you want to reduce your stress, learn how to reduce your stress, and that's going to reduce your stress sores, right? Your stressors, the things causing you stress. <laughs> so for me personally, I can always tell. I think you should always know your telltale signs of when you're in too much stress, when you're experiencing kind of that like, you know your level, right? You have to be able to read yourself. So for me, if I'm feeling really irritable or if I'm experiencing a lot of anger, it almost feels like a pressure. Like it feels like I'm about to pop. That is my big warning sign. That is when I know that like I'm in the danger zone. I need to go back to my self-care plan and I need to really get to work. I need to take a serious look at why I haven't been taking care of myself. I need to figure out how I can incorporate more things that I can do for myself, more things just for me into my schedule. It's very important. It's not just like, oh, if I have time. No, because it matters. It matters more than just how I feel. It is directly affecting my children and my life and my family and 
my whole everything. You know, and this is where it's really helpful to know your barriers. And what a barrier is, it's just the things that are keeping you from doing that, you know, taking care of yourself. So the biggest one, the most common one that I hear from my clients, of course, is time. I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to practice self-care. But whenever we dig in to that, we really end up finding out that that barrier of time is actually not so much a time issue, but more of like a guilt issue. Feeling like you shouldn't need that time away from your family. You shouldn't need that. I'm better than that. I don't need that. That's ridiculous. Or feeling guilty for spending that time away from your family. Like, oh no, like I've already spent so much time away from my kids because I work all day. They haven't seen me all day. I don't have time to go take care of myself because I need to spend time with my children. I see that so often from working moms. Like, I get it. I've been there. It's a struggle. But also, there's things that you can do to kind of combat that. So you can feel like you're giving really good quality time with your kids and really good quality time with yourself. A barrier might even be due to feelings of unworthiness. It's another one that I see in my clients. I see this pop up quite a bit. Is maybe you don't feel deserving of that self-care. Maybe you feel like you have to earn it. Like that need that is that needs to be met, like that taking care of yourself, that is something that is to be earned. And the others need your care more than you do yourself. So who are you to complain? Other people need it more. Other people have more issues, have bigger struggles. Our children have bigger needs and bigger struggles than we do. They have more pain than we do. So I must go to them first and at myself last. That is it oftentimes just putting yourself there as not being worthy of that own, of taking care of yourself, right? So part of the surviving to thriving plan is listing out the different areas of self-care. And you guys know that if you've been around for a while, you know I hate the term self-care, but we're going to use it here because it really is. It really is a matter of taking care of yourself. And it could be anything from those little things like, you know, taking a bubble bath or going in a manicure. I will allow this in that in this exercise, okay? Now, I don't think that is the only things that need to be in here. And that's why I've divided up your self-care. It's on the second page. And if you go to this guide and you download it, you can see that I have four boxes. You know, we've got physical, we've got spiritual, we've got emotional, and we've got social. And those are the different components that make up good self-care. Physical, under that box, it could be anything from exercise to taking a shower. Like, let's talk about your basic needs. Are your basic needs of food, water, hygiene, shelter, are those basic needs being met? And you're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, you know, I, I had water yesterday and I think I ate a granola bar this morning. No, that is not proper taking care of yourself. I don't want you to think about if you were a child in your own care, would the amount of needs being met be acceptable? If you haven't had a shower since, you know, you can't remember, 
if you were your own child and you couldn't remember when that child had a bath or a shower, you'd probably be like, you know what? Let's go ahead and get that taken care of. I want you to do the same for yourself. What you would do for your child or for a child in your home, I want you to do that for yourself. That level of care, okay? That is the requirement in order to feel better, in order to be able to take care of these children, in order to be able to be mom. <laughs> I think a lot of times we, we fool ourselves. We fool ourselves into thinking that we don't need things, that we don't have needs, Gosh, I mean, we do, guys, maybe more so than than before we had kids because we have a lot more going on now than before we had kids, right? We have more needs that need to be taken care of. So in a physical, like I said, it could be exercise. It could be shower, you know, eating really good, you know, nourishing meal, hydrating. It could be going for a walk. Anything that has to do with your physical body would go under that category the next one is spiritual this could be things like praying this could be things like reading a devotional and practicing your religious side of things it could also be meditation it could also be a gratitude journal maybe you're writing out things you're thankful for or things that you appreciate and i think that that box could really encompass a lot of the same things that would go under the emotional box as well because under your emotional box that is the part where you're going to take care of those feelings and this is kind of the part of self-care that a lot of people just like to ignore and that is feeling your feelings and allowing those emotions just like with my bath chair that I talked about earlier in this episode that I was sad about my son getting bigger where I'm having a hard time lifting him Part of taking care of me is allowing that sadness and letting it be there and being okay with it. Because whenever I push it away and I tell myself I shouldn't be sad about that, that isn't taking care of myself. But allowing that and allowing myself to have those emotions and to allow, you know, allow those feelings to just be there. I'm not encompassed by them. I am moving through them. That is taking care of my emotional needs. There's so many different ways you can do that. So many different ways. So we do a lot of work on emotional needs and overcome the overwhelm. Um, and I think that that's something that is probably one of the most overlooked categories in our lives is processing emotions and how much that affects us. <laughs> so we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail on that. But the fourth box on the page the fourth aspect of taking care of yourself is your social your social needs then i mean i think all of them are really disregarded i think a lot of them are really avoided i mean we're not as a whole our population our community is not good at taking care of ourselves i think we can all just wholeheartedly admit that can we yeah (laughs) but social What are your social needs? Who do you need to connect with? Do you need to have a date night with your husband? Do you need to have a good old-fashioned girls' night? Do you need to go have a wine night with your bestie? Go do it. Do you need to call your mom on the phone and just talk to her and have your mom be there for you? 
Those are your social aspects. Do you need to have a really good laugh? When was the last time you had like a, I mean, just like that laugh that like you start silently laughing because you're laughing so hard? When was the last time you did that? If you can't remember or if it's been more than a couple weeks, guess what? You probably got some social needs that you need to take care of. Go have yourself a good laugh with some friends. Who makes you laugh in your life? And I think it's helpful to have a list of people that you can reach out to. It's one of the questions um, in this guide as well is, you know, who can I reach out to for support? Who can I call to connect with? You can even, you don't have to write it out on this paper, but you can if you want you can have a little list of people right under there because sometimes whenever we're in the thick of things, it can be really hard to remember who we have there in our village, who we have there supporting us. And yes, I think it's easy for us to say, well, we don't have anyone in our village. No one can watch my child because it's really hard to lift a 50-pound child and or they have a lot of behaviors and they have a lot of meltdowns and no one can handle them, whatever. No one's in my village. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that someone may not be there for those parts, but maybe they're not capable of being there for those things and helping you out in physical childcare. But is somebody capable of helping you out in your social self-care? Is someone able to make you laugh or to make you feel loved or to make you feel connection? Yeah, those are people in your village whether you realize it or not. And I think it's really helpful to remember those people and to write them out. Brainstorm who that could be. Who can you reconnect with? Who do you need to connect with? And I think that just asking your brain that question, you'll be surprised because our brains hate unanswered questions. It'll come up with some people. And it's really fun to see what comes up whenever your brain is offered up a question like that. So... Just keep that in mind. Your brain hates unanswered questions. So give it a question and see what comes up. I love curiosity for that sake. <laughs> but yes, so those are the four aspects that I think make up a really good self-care plan. A really good plan in place for you to go from that surviving to thriving. And what I personally like to do, what I've really been implementing in my own life is picking things that I do daily, picking things that I will do weekly, and picking things that I will do monthly. So like once a month. And like I said earlier, we keep it simple. This isn't some beautifully laid out plan of, oh, what I wish it could be, or like, oh, this would be the most amazing thing. This would be ideal. We can't do ideal if we're not even doing basic. We got to start at step one. Okay, we got to start at step one and work our way up. So if you're not used to taking care of your basic needs, like showering and eating healthy food or eating food in general at mealtimes, three times a day, then you need to start there because you can't go to your social needs or spiritual needs if those basic human needs are not met. There's a hierarchy of needs, and you got to meet the basic ones first, okay? So you need to take a look. What do you need? And you can fill in there. And whenever you're creating these plans and you're thinking about what can I do daily, think realistic. Don't think on best-case scenario days. Think on worst-case scenario days. What can I accomplish? 
okay? And you just write them out in the boxes. It's that easy. It is literally that easy. And it might be basic things like daily. I am going to brush my teeth twice a day. I am going to get six to eight hours of sleep daily. Or even I'm going to go to bed before midnight daily. What can you commit to? And that's what you put there. And same for weekly and same for monthly. Monthly is a little bit, you can go a little bit more, you know, idealistic on the monthly. Maybe it's not like, oh, I'm going to go on a week-long vacation alone to Aruba. (laughs) If you can do that once a month. Hi, I'm your new best friend. Please take me with you. We will cross off that social um, need together. (laughs) But no, your monthly one may be, you know, maybe once a month you do go and get your hair done. Maybe once a month you have a day, an afternoon that you go shopping by yourself. And I don't mean grocery shopping before you even think about it. I do not mean grocery shopping. I mean clothes shopping. And you're not allowed to buy clothes for your kids. Okay? Not allowed to buy anything for your kids, only for yourself. That is the whole deal of this plan. You are focused on just yourself. (laughs) I know. I see you guys because I'm one of you. Don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, and I think that's a really good way to start thinking about how could I take care of myself? How can I take really good care of myself today to take care of myself this week or to take care of myself this month? implement this plan see what happens see how it affects your mood how it affects those warning signs that we talked about see what's going on there use it as a gauge you might have to change things up every week but my last piece of advice is whenever you do this print it off and post it in your bathroom on your mirror wherever you get ready put it right next to it laminate it if you've got a fancy laminator do it Because whenever you see this every single day, it is just a gentle reminder that you matter. It is a gentle reminder that self-care is not selfish. And it is a gentle reminder of the things that you've said, I'm going to commit to this for myself, for my children, and for my family. Okay? All right, guys. I cannot wait to see what you guys do with this plan. I hope you enjoy it. Like I said, I will add the link in the show notes of this episode. And... Yes. And listen, one last thing. I just have to add this. If you find yourself not able to follow your plan, it is not as it is not to be a tool to beat yourself up, okay? There's no guilt associated like I didn't do this, okay? It's just information. It's just a, a just a sign that you need to get curious. Why did I not brush my teeth every day this week <laughs> or whatever, you know? Why did I stay up till 2 a.m. three nights this week. What was going on there? Maybe it was your kids. Maybe your kid was sick. Or maybe it was that you just really felt like you wanted that time for yourself. Which is not a great excuse, right? So, But get curious there. What's going on? Why were you not following your plan? It's not a tool to beat yourself up. It's not a tool to cause shame. It is just a tool for information. Almost like a scientific tool, okay? Think of it that way. <laughs> it's just information. So just facts. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye.
Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.